Welcome to Elite Six Business Networking Think Tank, facilitated by your host, Danny DeHeck, the place where decision makers come together to share their experience, knowledge, and skills. Heidi, hi. Uh, good morning. Welcome along to What the Heck podcast. Today we have Elite Six members. We've got an international guest, Brian Morrison, all the way from Blackpool in the UK, our first international guest. We've got a couple of Aucklanders. We'll pass right by them. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is just introduce who's in the room today. Our, our, um, our topic is succession planning. Thank you. Couldn't have done it without you. Now, a few, a few little wee rules. We've got a chat box at the bottom. So if you've got any um, comments that you're making after you've made them, if you could just put them in the chat box below, then we'll build our mind map uh, that we use on our, our podcast. Sorry, not our podcast. We do use it on the podcast, but we use it on the blog after the show. So I really value you giving us your comments. Now, everyone in the room has an Elite Six membership profile. So when you speak, I make it that... When people click on your name, it goes through to your Elite Six uh, membership profile. Now, Brian, I set one up for you just yesterday, so I don't know if you've seen that, no. but it's really cool. Ah, surprise, you'll be able to see it afterwards. So um, you don't need to give out your details, everyone figure out who you are. So what I'm going to do is just going to go around the room and let everyone introduce himself. On my screen on the top left is uh, Rob. Hello, my name is Rob. I'm from Academy Antiques and Academy Training. I buy and sell and specialise in English porcelain, but I also teach public speaking, how to overcome stuttering, leadership and management. Brilliant. And just before we carry on, I might just get um, people to put their mic on, uh, mic on mute if they've got background noise. Otherwise, just leave it open for now. So we'll carry on. Um, uh, we've got uh, Stefano and Jolene. I'm nearly there. I'm halfway there. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so it's Jeline and Steph from the Odd Wave. Um, we are the e-commerce specialists. Um, we build e-commerce stores um, and we do a lot of support and integration as well into different systems. Um, so we do water wise and um, look after three young girls <laughs> that are keeping us extremely busy as well um, at the start of school. But yeah. And they're all at school now, aren't they? Yeah, they're all at school. Yay! We had really good attendance this week in our face-to-face meeting because um, all the kids are back at school. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Hello. Uh, my name is Brian Morrison from the UK. I'm the founder of a company called Biz Social Networking. We're an online business networking community uh, communicating with the whole world. Uh, what's different about us is that the company was set up for me to continue my charity work. So we give away 50% of all our profits for people in recovery from addiction and mental health. Good stuff, mate. That's nice. I like that. I can't give away my profits because I haven't made any for a long time. <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. <laughs> Sounds good. David Clarkson, save me. Hi, I'm David Clarkson from Dynamic Communication. We teach presentation and public speaking skills we build more confident more competent more credible communicators we also do some uh, business training and my the other string to my bow is that i run a military museum uh, in burnham in christchurch or just out of christchurch brilliant 
and uh, you've wrote a book. And would it be called Off Memory Dare to Deliver? <laughs> Funny you should say that, Danny. Yes. Yes, that's a great book. I have actually listened to some of it. I can't claim to read it because I haven't read a book in my life. Sean. Yes, Sean here from Quality Clean in Christchurch, New Zealand. We are doing pest controls and other property related. We offer a one-step shop for property management. And uh, we currently doing the healthy home standard checks as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. So basically anything in your house that's moving that you don't want, Sean will come in and kill it for you. Lachlan. I'm Lachlan McNeil from a call for recruitment. I deal with, I, I'm a technical recruiter. I find engineers and architects for companies and I also help people with careers. I need a new one. Yeah, that's right. You need a new shirt. Hey, I'm going to take this off in a minute. That's nice shirt. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Danny. No, 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 leave the shirt on, Danny. Leave the shirt <laughs> on, yeah. I All thought right, you were a hockey you. referee. Hey, this is actually quite styly. Look, look, it's actually... It is quite styly, Danny. I'll give you that. <laughs> for me... Yeah. Right, Paul. Nothing wrong with it. Where's Paul's your whistle? Darling. What? Where's your whistle? <laughs> <laughs> Don't right. put up with any cheek, Danny. No, that's all right. I can handle it. I, I give as much as I take and probably actually give a bit more. Paul. Hi, I'm Paul from Rangura, and we run Canterbury Computer Services, who specialise in looking after small businesses, IT needs. And as a sideline, also do kiwisouvenirs.co.nz, exporting kiwi souvenirs around the world. Brilliant. Um, so those little wee uh, fluffy sheep, now this might really make Brian get excited. If you want a fluffy sheep, Paul has one. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. Oh, funny shirt. Nice shirt. <laughs> See? Yeah, you just let us know and Paul will send one your way. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably got a whole box of them there. I do. Yay! <laughs> oh, I love that one. Really good stuff. Um, I forgot to ask my beautiful assistant here um, what she does. I'm Helen. I'm a photographer and a digital creator, and I run some online stores, online businesses. And we haven't quite finished it, but if you go to helen.co.nz and you go down to her store, you can have a sneak preview of her new digital download store where you can download it and buy her app. We'll do that later, but that's a weird bit for <laughs> Alan. I uh, haven't quite finished though. I've got a, we started doing it yesterday and then we started um, drinking wine. <laughs> got a bit off, off topic. Mm. All right. Um, Chris, the, um, the best karate club in New Zealand, spokesperson, CEO. Uh, I'm Chris Cameron from Shizoki Martial Arts. Uh, we educate, inspire, and empower people to be their best, um, providing martial arts education, lifestyle education, and self defense workshops to businesses. No, really good stuff too. What was that noise? It was good. All right, Mark, come on. I know you're on a holiday at the moment. Holiday? Oh, yeah, yeah. G'day, yeah. guys. Anyone no, <laughs> who's got the luxury of being on the a Cook Island beach as we speak, but yeah, never mind. Yeah, not um, really. Yeah, Mark's down, insurance broker, located in North Canterbury, just out of uh, Christchurch. Um, my speciality is working with uh, small businesses and uh, individuals. And I guess my extra speciality is being able to preserve premiums for people over time to, to uh, provide long-term affordability and sustainability through, do, through doing a, a, a bit of a core of uh, leveled options and, and things like that and potentially saving our clients 
several hundred thousand dollars over the term of their uh, cover. Uh, good stuff. So if you're looking at getting insurances, Mark's been with us for a couple of years at least, I think. You don't get any award for it, sorry. But you give four, people total. Four long years oh, now. Oh, Jesus. That's all right. I'll remember your name soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so if you got insurances, Mark to look at them. Now, I didn't realise we had two Marks in there. Um, so Mark number two now. Well, Mark G. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Mark G. Yeah, Mark G. Yeah, righto. Well, most of you know me, and uh, I've been part of Elite Six for, I don't know, Danny, is it three or four years? Three years, maybe? I don't count, mate, obviously. I've got that wrong. I'm not going to have a guess. <laughs> I know. I, I won't I won't count all the times I haven't gone. Oh, Other <laughs> people get ideas and copy it. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, at any rate, I'm a, uh, a funeral director. I manage a funeral home in Sydenham, and uh, yeah, it's just great to be online. I am on holiday, and so... Um, sort of just thought I'd hop on and say good day. No, brilliant. Nice to have you here. And what, um, who I am, I'm Danny De Heck. I'm actually the, uh, I started, I didn't start Elite Six, I purchased a franchise uh, eight, nine years ago and dissolved it. And now I run and facilitate uh, business networking events myself. The good thing, which I loved about Elite Six at the moment, is we are getting a few people who are busy and are dropping into our meetings and are slowly coming back. And I actually quite, we've had a couple of people they haven't seen for 12 months pop back in. So don't feel because you haven't been here for a wee while that you can't pop in and say hello, because this is actually broadcasted live onto our Facebook, um, closed Facebook group. Uh, and if anything gets out of control, I just delete it later on. However, we've got a lot of people watching who don't actually join in. So it's really nice to see a good number of people here as I said yesterday, we had a good 12 solid people at a face-to-face -face meeting, and I just want to grow this little baby, and it's good. So today's topic is succession planning, and I thought for a change, I wouldn't do all the talking, or Helen perhaps, and would let Rob facilitate the meeting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the screen, and we're going to see um, how our, our mate Rob has a go. So can you see that on your screen there, Rob? And uh, I'll yes, hand I it can. over to you. I can. Okay, Danny, thank you very much. I thought you were kidding when you said that before, but we'll get right on with the show. Succession planning. So first of all, we're going to start off by Lachlan, because I think it was Lachlan's idea. Lachlan, define yeah. succession planning for us. Well, I think there's two aspects of succession planning. Um, but ultimately, what it's all about is having a process in place so that when you eventually move away from your business, that you have the results that you want. You have the, the yeah, that, that's essentially it. But the other part of it is in terms of even if you're not planning to, to leave, if you get hit by a bus, the classic scenario is do you have something in place that allows you not to lose everything or to, to minimize the um, the the um, what's the word the, the uh, disadvantages of that being hit by a bus if that makes sense yes and of course uh, to minimize the disadvantage of being hit by a bus is really yep. important exactly right. so if if you could not carry on with your business could somebody walk in tomorrow and take it over so have we got any experiences about when uh, you either couldn't work or you chose you know, like to go on a holiday or whatever and and somebody coming in and and managing or taking over your business or not being able to. Mark, do you ever end up in a scenario where you want to go on a holiday, Mark Skian, and uh, if you go away, does everything shut? 
you're on, uh, you're mute. on mute, Mark. Yeah, sorry. In my business, I can work remotely. So uh, sadly, even when I go away, I've, I'm connected to um, my potential client base and existing client base. So um, I guess the, the benefit of working um, solely individually in my own company is that I have the freedom to do that. Um, but you're right, I, I, I probably couldn't take an extended, well, no one can at the moment, extended overseas holiday for three or four months. Um, I, I guess I could maintain um, my clients, but I couldn't generate new ones effectively. So potentially a difficulty there in that transition, if that was the case. Uh, excellent. Um, are there any other um, examples of when you have, have gone away and everything has had to grind to a halt? Uh, you know, like the other Mark who who op operates a, a funeral home. You know, like how how do you end up um, uh, you know, managing that? Well, I manage staff, and so I have to make sure that the staff are there to operate the business while I'm not around. Uh, however, I've got other experiences where I was a locum funeral director for eight years. And uh, my job was to walk into the business and operate the business while the owners were on holiday. Um, so very similar scenario, but it's sort of around the other way, uh, where I was the one that was lined up to run the business. And what the owners of the businesses did is had um, simple things in place like uh, current phone number lists. So that there was a, a list of phone numbers people I could ring uh, to run the business. So all their contacts and connections that were required, I had on a very clear list of, um, of phone numbers and that, that was essential. The other part, of course, was having the access to the costings and, uh, and products that were available to sell um, in the funeral industry, the you know, you know no-brainer sort of caskets, but then we've got cemetery contacts um, and all. It just how everything works in a funeral home. Uh, so I just sort of pick up all that sort of stuff. Um, and usually, I only had half a day when I walked into a new business to learn everything about them. Uh, so it had to be organised. So I think that's a big key to be able to walk away from your businesses to have that organisation ready to go. Um, so that's taught me to have good phone number lists, good pricing, good access to products, and um, and having someone that can actually walk in and do it too, which is half the battle. Yeah, and I think I think you raised you know like another uh, potential issue there with anybody who is new into the business. If you're hiring anybody, you know like are they able to you know like arrive in and, and learn the ropes? Where do they get the information from? Is it the other people, or is there a list of you know like all of that information? Uh, Paul, uh, you operate yourself. Do you have any employees, and do you have any succession planning? Uh, no, I don't have any employees. Um, however, about almost two years ago, my wife was um, terminal cancer. So we um, basically documented everything. So I was going to be taking over the accounts and it's all written down. Anyone that needs to take it over, they can just take it all over. 
Excellent. You've let that lapse, we've it now, haven't you? Pardon? You've let that lapse a little bit now, haven't you? Most of it's still documented. Um, the only thing that um, I'm in the process of documenting now is the um, password. So if I kick the bucket, my kids can actually still get into all the systems and uh, close the business down, so to speak. Um, I was wondering, you know, like in the event of illness, um, so obviously, right, we got, you know, like a networking program here and Brian has, has one over there. Brian, if you're unwell, who, who runs the meetings? I actually, I've now started taking on an ambassador for each of my networking events who runs them on my behalf if I'm ill. All right, excellent. Sorry. Uh, there is a public speaking trainer here, and most public speaking trainers usually work on their own. Dave, if you had a course to run and you run well or, or late, uh, do you have any um, processes in place? Yes, I'm particularly fortunate in that regard, Rob. I've had my wife working with me now for about three years, and if I wasn't able to function for whatever reason, hit by a bus or something or other like that, and there was a course either about to start or in progress, um, then she would just be able to pick it up and carry on from where I left off. So I've got that cover. Mm. I feel sorry for bus drivers. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> well, at least this morning they're getting a really bad rap. I do have this mental image of all of these people getting hit by buses. But mm. can we all put our thinking caps on and think, if, if anything was to happen, if we did want to go away on a holiday or if we were sick or unwell or injured or anything like that, do we have any processes that people can walk in and do what we do? Or, or if you don't have any succession planning at all, what are the potential problems of that? Yeah. Mark? Uh, yeah, I, I actually see that there's two aspects here. One is um, when we were taken away temporarily from our work and we're talking about a, a temp or someone coming in and picking up a... a a manual or a set of processes to, to conduct the business. But I guess the other side is the true sense of what the succession planning is, and that is when you are you know, either retiring and, and um, you're thinking about your, your firm either being wound up or sold as a going concern or passed on as a, a legacy to your children or some other, um, other party. So that's, for me, is where the succession planning comes. But equally, uh, in my insurance uh, game, when I'm working with small business people, is is the fact that if you get hit by the big uh, red bus, or in our case, it could be, you could be, get a green one, um, then you actually what uh, insurance solutions could you have? And and um, uh, many firms where there are co-owners or directors have actually taken out insurance on each other, so that uh, in the case of death. The, there's sufficient uh, funds in the pot, A, to keep the business solvent uh, or keep it going or um, have it in such a state that it's, all the um, bills are paid off so you can sell it as a going concern. Yeah, well, I guess you know, like we hadn't actually thought that there are some times when there is no obvious uh, successor 
And so you know, insurance is the only alternative. I was just wondering as well, um, if, if people were to create a succession plan or, or otherwise known possibly as a standard operating procedure for what they do, what do you think the advantages of that might be or the disadvantages if you don't have one? I think, Rob, the advantages would be that someone can just come and step in and hopefully take over your business. If you didn't have one, you could be without money um, and, yeah, without any sort of income and work and anything. So it really pays to have some sort of SOP, I guess. What's SOP? Standard Operating Procedures. Ooh. A standard operating procedure. How, how about we have a show of hands of who actually does have a standard operating procedure or a succession plan? We've got one, two, we've got half, two, three. Half. Well, kind of. Three and a half. We've got okay. three and a half. Uh, Lachlan's a half or maybe uh -huh. that's a quarter. I'm not too sure. So um, how, how, how about we played a mental exercise here right, and considered that we were going to create one tomorrow? Hmm. What do we think we might learn by creating one? Steph. We don't have one. <laughs> well, to have a standard operating procedure in place would actually make you aware of current processes. Um, you can actually start identifying problems in place. It would actually help you improve existing processes too. So I think it's really important. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Sean, if you were to uh, create a standard operating uh, procedure, uh, can you imagine that there would be any advantage right for you in doing so? Was experience or problems? Uh, oh, you're on mute, Sean. We can lip read. He says he's had a nice breakfast. And that you're on mute, Sean. There you go. We're watching you. Makes the, <laughs> makes the podcast. You're still on mute, my friend. You're right. He's got an Android. While he's, he's working out, Wowie. Chris, <laughs> if you were to create a standard operating procedure um, or, or not, uh, can you see advantages or the disadvantages in doing so? Uh, yeah, I mean, standard operating procedure, you've got to make sure it's documented down. Um, we have a leadership team that we've built up to be able to take over classes and classes are all documented and what should happen so that they could continue for a period of time. If I got uh, knocked out completely, then I guess you want to, you've got to consider whether or not you you want the business to continue. Do you have employees? Do you want to con uh, continue to provide for them after you've gone um, and in your family and things? And so you should have that succession plan put in place. And you might want to probably, if you think of it like a will, uh, and it's probably two, two wills, short term and long term. So in the short-term effect of uh, you being incapacitated, what has to happen and what would be your long-term wishes for the business uh, as well, um, which can be sometimes factored and obviously with a board, uh, probably not. Um, it would be worthwhile most businesses considering having a, a governing board um, that if you are not are able to make decisions, then other people have authority, which has been delegated down make those decisions 
Can I um, chime in, just for a sec? Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, I was just thinking, when I had my uh, New Zealand's Information Network, and I used to look after about 100 businesses' website, and they used to literally put 99% of their internet advertising with me. They were all concerned that if I did die, that their whole business would fall over because their websites become an integral part of their business. So what I did at that time is I put an insurance in place where I could actually have someone, we could afford to uh, hire, you know, a replacement Danny, or I could have my business groomed in a way it could be sold. Not that I was grooming my business at the time to be sold, which would have been a good idea. However, I had enough money in there, I think it was about $200,000 to actually get somebody in there because my clients were, wouldn't use my services anymore unless they knew that I had, um, you know, a plan of exit. So I think that was really interesting for me at the time. Okay. Um, I think you raised uh, some excellent ideas there, right? There was another person who wanted to comment there. Who was that? Mark Scown. Yeah, um, just picking up on Chris's uh, comments about wills and things. Um, I've got about three or four clients who are lawyers and, and one of them specialises in um, power of attorney and, and uh, those sort of features. And I think if you are in business with a partner or spouse, then it's absolutely imperative that you have got or they have power, power of attorney over each other. Because effectively, if you get incapacitated um, and, and unable to work, then then that person only who has power of attorney can act on your behalf in a business sense. Otherwise you'd find that your whole, um, all your finances and the bank systems will just lock out people irrespective of whether you've got password access or not. Um, so that's a, a crucial thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. One other thing I'd like to say, we just got to keep this on time, Rob, we're running out there just letting you know. I have a, a close friend of mine who's really up to speed with IT and he knows all my passwords and everything. I've got total trust with him. So I'm hoping that if something happened to me, Helen may not know as much about accessing all my stuff as he does. So that's over the years I've, I've trusted this guy for 20 plus years. So, I mean, that's another one too. He's not a business partner, but I know as much about him as he knows about me. And it's just nice having someone like that that's not in your house um, that's away in case your house got burnt down. He knows where I keep all my cloud stuff and all my passwords and access files and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you raised uh, some interesting points, right? So the one point that has arrived up is that if you're a sole trader, um, right, it is a consideration that you need to uh, protect your customers, particularly if you're providing you know, like an ongoing product or service. If you die, who, who is going to recover their websites or their files, documents, or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting point. Um, I, I would like to, um, uh, to go to Lachlan and say, uh, why do you have half a succession plan? What is the half you've got, and why do you not have the other half? Well, in terms of succession plans, is I have SOPs for a lot of the recruitment work I do. But the, what we're only put on a harp is what I haven't really got is a start here button. You know, for example, if someone walked up to my desk, they wouldn't know where to start because I use three different recruitment systems. I've got a lot of stuff going on. And I really realized sitting here, I thought it should have a, th a start here button, which says, okay, if I'm not here, this is what you do to start. 
this is where I put my stuff, this is where this is, this is where that is. Because I have so many different versions of stuff going around for various reasons and so many different systems. I could save someone probably days worth of just mucking around by saying, start here. This is, this is where I put list things. This is where my SOPs are. This is where that is. So that's why I'm only half. Um, I think there's an interesting one here is that if you go to write out a process for anything, and I have in training, mm. is that you end up writing down, here, here's how you do it, step one, step two, step three, et cetera, et cetera. And, and once you write all the steps down, you actually realize, oh, maybe if I change one step, I could remove a few other yeah, you can certainly yeah. simplify things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, has anybody uh, considered, um, A, whether you have a mental block actually writing down what you do, or what the opportunities uh, you may discover if you were to create one? Mark, uh, in the funeral homes, you know, like, have, have you realized that by writing down the processes, you have actually discovered new ways of doing things? Uh, well, I guess we've discovered that there's a new thing called health and safety and um, a lot of jobs that we're doing uh, have to be um, listed down step by step for health and safety uh, SOPs. And so therefore, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that was in the um, uh, the actual SOPs that we have for the business on how to do our job. Uh, are actually in the health and safety um, notes as well. So I guess we're doubling up in some places now uh, more than sort of cancelling things out. But actually, our job gets more and more complicated as the years go by. Um, but at the end of the day, we, you know, what we do is it's a people thing. So you can't really write down um, people skills but you can write down the processes that are required to uh, complete what people need us to do. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything we can cut out of it. I got another wee side point if you want to have a bit of a spanner in the works. I'm just sort of thinking, like, if I die, I don't really care about my business too much, mm. unfortunately. However, well, that's must very be selfish of you, Danny. I know. <laughs> but I'm thinking, what you am go I going to get? Get a, I always say get a will, an, an executor, and a, and a POA if um, you probably need one of those, and a, a, and a, um, a end-of-life plan as well. That's the new thing. Actually, that's a good idea. That, you've got a booklet on that. I've seen that before, haven't you? And, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's actually something that you go to your doctor about. Yeah, because I was in a Rotary Club. The average age of the Rotarians was 71, and I was 40 at the time, and I think one of those books went flying around. Uh, the Rotary Club, and I thought, what a cheek, I'm only 40. However, what I was thinking of, if I were just to sort of say, look, when I die, I don't care about my business, I'm a sole trader, sorry, Helen, um, I would be more interested in what assets I actually have in my business that are groomable to be either sold or used by somebody else. And that could be an interesting way of looking at your business. Now, I know you're an antique dealer, Rob, so if you uh, suddenly passed away, then theoretically you've got a garage full of antiques that would be an asset to some other antique dealer. So th that's something that you could have a, a value on perhaps. So you could tell your wife, look, um, it's worth $25,000. Don't let it go for a penny less. Now you've got an asset to sell, even though they may not want to carry on the business. 
I think I think there's a few things around uh, succession planning that come up for me because because succession planning and standard operating procedures I think are very tied in. Um, although I guess a standard operating procedure in terms of succession planning assumes that the business will continue once you've moved yourself out of it. And in my particular business as an antique um, dealer. If you take the dealer out of the business, you don't have a business, mm-hmm. um, right? That's the long and the short of it. So all you do have is stock and there are various ways to dispose of the stock, you know, like auctions, you know, like online, you know, like, or whatever, um, you know, like, or even, you know, like rubber stump with some of it, but uh, essentially the stock is, is the business, which means a succession planning in, in my place in terms of the business would just be um, to call up an auction rooms, right? And it's all gone. All right. Out of the business, there may be other assets to disperse. However, on, on the subject of our solutions, I think sometimes if we were to force ourselves to write uh, or create a standard operating procedure, what, I think there may be a lot of uh, new opportunities uncovered of how to do it better. Um, I was just wondering, has, has anybody had a mental block about actually writing down what they do and analysing what you do? Why do you do it the way you do it? There you've opened a hornet's nest. Mm. I, um, Rob, I think for me, being creative, it's I have my own style and my own way of shooting so it would be kind of hard to say to someone, right, I want you to cover that event and that's what I want from it because for my sports events, you've got to understand the sport, not that other people couldn't cover it because they definitely could. But when you you have some creative elements in it, you do it a certain way. So you would have to, I guess, pass that to someone and say you wanted it done a certain way or, um, yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's why I've encouraged Helen to actually change her branding from her brand to her own name. So Helen.co.nz instead of motivee.co.nz because at the end of the day, people are hiring Helen because she is Helen and she's got that, that look and feel about herself. I do have a, when I edit, I have a set of, they're called presets, which I put on photos so they have a certain look and feel and they're sort of like my signature look. So I could definitely pass the editing on to someone that they could do what I do. But um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I'm, a, I'm a bit like you, Rob, and Helen, um, in a sense that um, my succession planning, if I was to uh, kick the bucket uh, now, is that I've put in, putting in place, uh, as we speak really, around who will buy my client base because it immediately comes up for offer. Um, in terms of, you know, there's three and a half, four thousand 4,000 insurance brokers out there who sell insurance, um, but I, I think I've got a particular niche anyway, so I, I don't see um, any value in getting or um, someone to come along and continue to run the business. So you effectively, it would just get wound up and um, a business would be sold on through agencies. I never knew there's any other insurance advisors out there yeah, you can yeah. tell me this I run across a couple now <laughs> if i can just ask a question of anybody who hasn't spoken too much if you if you do not have a succession plan or a standard operating procedure is there any particular reason why you don't have one 
we'll um, go to Jeline. Yeah. No, um, well, Steph and I work together. Um, so if something should happen, we're kind of both on the same page. But um, there is a few things we, we need to kind of write down. It's like banking details, social media, um, everything that we do, because he's got passwords I don't know of and, yeah, vice versa. I'm the director of the company, and if something happened to me, he doesn't have power of attorney. So, obviously, we need to get all those things sorted. And, yeah, I'm glad we're having this discussion because, yeah, we're just so busy focused on getting a business running and, and making money. You forget about the important stuff. So, yeah. You, um, Janine and Steph, you should use one password and connect it somehow between you two and then you can access each other's passwords yeah you know if you need to in an emergency or someone's not there yeah i've also found where like i know a couple where they they said the exact same as what julian and steph are saying but they both unfortunately it's not nice but they, they unfortunately both died in an airplane accident you have to look elsewhere as well and not just between you both. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just to go on from what Brian's saying, and I agree with you, Brian, I think one of the interesting things, especially for couples that work together, like, like Jolene and Steph, um, myself and Margaret do the same thing. And what we have done is we have actually sat down and gone through literally our whole life and we've said, you know, these are the bank accounts. These are the automatic payments that, that she makes and that I make. All the various different things that we have. And that's a great way. If you just do it for yourself personally or as a couple, do it like that. And then you'll see all the things that in actual fact you need to cover if you want to do the same thing to put in a succession plan for your business. But the beauty of having done what we've done, and we've done that particularly for our lawyer. And so he's got a copy of that. And we update that on a regular basis because passwords change, bank accounts change, suppliers of one sort or another change. Um, you know, who's your doctor? Who's your dentist? How do you get a hold of these people uh, in the event of, especially, as Brian says, you, you have a couple get killed together in a, in a car accident or in a plane crash. So but that's, those are some things to bear in mind. But that's a good way. Do your own first, and then you've got a pretty fair idea about what you need to do to do one for the business. Yeah. How, Another, would, your solicitor, how would your solicitor find out you died? I can answer these questions. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, the information that we have uh, gathered, and this could include pre-funeral arrangement information, it could include wills, it could include POAs, um, and any important information about bank accounts, uh, passwords, um, insurances, stock investments, um, any other interests that you need people to know. Uh, you actually have to have it in a place that your executor knows where to look and let them know where it is. And this is uh, super important, and I've had lots of experience around um, finding information in the top drawer on 
you know, on the left side of the Duchess or wherever it might be. Um, and even if that leads them to finding information on the computer, but it's it's so important because there's so many situations out there where people don't know there's money out there and it takes years and years for um, a company to discover that somebody's died. Uh, and then th there are actually, there's companies out there that it's their job to search the world for people that are to inherit money. And I, had that, that, I had that once. I, I, got, I thought it was a scam. And uh, I yeah. think at the end of the day, I received, I think it was $40 from my Australian auntie. And this company yeah. must have spent oh. ages. I just thought it was a scam. And I kept telling her yeah. to clear off well, and get off the screen. I, I had a guy last year that received $10,000 from one of these situations. Um, and they found them through one of our death notices we put in the paper. Yeah. And so this was from somebody overseas in, in Europe, and I thought it was a scam too, but I researched it, worked it out, and I said to the person, look, I think this is real. He got his lawyer involved and um, got 10000 bucks out of it. If you need I, a guy I like that ever again, I'm happy yeah, to take that I guy. just get messages from my uh, friendly uncle in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and, and That's what money you can't get rid of. Did you send them the $10,000? <laughs> uh, if we move uh, on to the last stage now. I'll... Yeah, sorry, Rob. Yeah. Uh, no, stuff, perfect. Uh, if we just move on to the last stage, which is the takeaways, I, I've had a couple of takeaways just to lead this discussion, and that is don't get in front of a bus and don't fly on a plane with your partner uh, because you're likely to get hit or you're both likely to die. Um, apart from that, what are the takeaways that anybody has got out of today's discussion? Document it and make sure it's available in an, in an organised sense for somebody to pick up and follow. It, right, is, a, it David. is important and don't procrastinate, get on with it. And I, I think for me, where we've already got this information written down, um, revisit it, make sure it's uh, up to date and uh, ready to go. So if, anything, if I needed to walk out of my job tomorrow for a new opportunity that might be coming up, um, it wouldn't affect the business that I work for. Yeah, And if I die tomorrow, Rob, you can take over next week. Over. You can take his debts on, Rob. Thank you very much, Danny. Uh, the takeaway that I've got from this is that uh, we do need to stop actually making assumptions and assume that everything will be fine and take some uh, you know, opportunity to work out what do we do, why do we do it, how could we explain it to anybody else if they had to come in, or if it just all ended, uh, what happens with everything we've got, you know, like all of the assets, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you very much for your input, and we'll pass over to Danny. I need some more takeaways. Can some people... actually, I've, I've, I've actually got one here in yep. terms of is that, is that from what I'm seeing from most people, uh, me being most people, is that it seems a quite onerous task. But actually, I would think that if someone spent, let's say, even you spent half an hour just writing down the core stuff and a start here. So if someone walked to my desk or someone walked in there, it stuck out. So you knew exactly what, what it was, you know, mainland instructions and it started start here. And you spent half an hour and it maybe an hour max. You would save days and days of trouble just by starting that process. Um, and that's what I get. Um, you can have them fantastic. I've got screeds and screeds and screeds of notes. But if people don't know where to look, 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's a problem. Um, you sent us a link in the chat room. What was that in regards to? Was that, that, was, that was a checklist, a succession checklist I just found while I was looking. Oh, brilliant. Uh, oh, cool. Bit, I'll of start, you go. bit of a start point. I, I, I don't know if, it can't, if you can see the link. Okay, and um, some people did give us some takeaways, but I didn't get. To, well, I don't know if we've got them all in notes, so do ping them in the chat room if you can. And thinking about a topic next week, I'm just sort of thinking about what business assets do we actually have? Could be a, I thought that could be a topic in itself. Like if you did look at your business and all your hard work for years and years, is it worth looking at our assets? And what is a business asset? Just for food? Well, has anyone else got a topic that they would think would be a juicy one to discuss? Mark? Uh, Mark yeah, well, well, yeah, well, Mark one first. Um, I, I just wonder about the asset thing because we all come from different backgrounds and, and in different businesses that it actually could get a little bit uh, untidy. And I'd be leaning if that was the sort of the topic would be how do we prepare our business for on sale if we were stepping ah. out of it? Mm. Yeah, exit strategy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Is that um, too simple? That's all good. Sounds so we... like a plan. Ah, very clever. So uh, are we actually saying, I'm just waiting for Helen to do that. So we're we actually saying uh, exit strategy, a business exit strategy. Yeah. yeah we yeah, might all be laying on the back. beach next week with mm -hmm. um, Mark and because um, we've sold our businesses. I've got one of my wee websites at the moment that's done quite well for drop shipping. And I stuck it into Shopify and said, what's it worth? And they said it was worth, um, it did $46,000 worth of sales last year. And they come back and told me it's worth 25,000 US dollars. So I was quite surprised because I've got a few of those little websites. So yeah. I put it up for sale. But I didn't realize I actually had an asset because I was too busy making taking the money I was making from it. But now I've got 12, 18 months worth of history on it. It actually has become an asset. Yeah. which is a nice sort of pleasant surprise. So business exit strategy. How are we going to chop up some of our business? I, I have been listening to Clubhouse quite a lot. And one of the things I did like hearing, they had a, a guy that used to buy up companies and he bought a company, um, fitness company, and then he went and bought another failing business company. And because he didn't have to have two sets of administration, that company started making a profit. Mm. And I thought that was quite good. So, yeah, by moving some of your assets, that's the way of doing it. All right, I really appreciate your time today, and I would like everyone to unmute their microphones, and um, we are going to um, stop recording the meeting. And what I'd like everyone to say is a nice big um, uh, goodbye and a big cheer, you know, and we'll see what happens. All right, on the count of three, we're going to say... Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Danny. Goodbye, Goodbye Danny. Danny. Goodbye, 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 Danny.